What's up, Fathom fam? Welcome to our weekly Sunday Sermon Podcast. As Pastor Kyle and Taryn are taking a time of sabbatical away from the campus and preaching to spend some intentional time with family and the Lord and get refreshed, they've been really intentional about setting us as a church body up for a time to continue growing even in their physical absence. We look forward to their return on August 8th, but get excited to be hearing until then from some of our other favorite pastors and leaders in our summer series called One. This is going to be a really special summer series where we'll keep on growing our faith and experiencing freedom in Christ as we receive from many voices the one cohesive message that God has given the church. Don't forget that you can follow us to stay up to date on everything going on at Fathom on Instagram or YouTube, our Facebook page, and our Fathom Family Facebook group, and of course, on the Church Center app. We hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. And it was just an incredible weekend of so much fun and so many uh, different things uh, that we got to see this weekend. And uh, some of the things I just want to mention is um, I saw kids, older kids, going and helping younger kids. I saw older kids leading a line because they knew that these little younger kids needed some help. I saw students praying over kids. I saw leaders pouring into students that they really didn't know that well. And this is something that's not normal. Like, that's not normal in our world to see. And so uh, us to do something and be able to um, show people that with God, things aren't normal, they're extraordinary instead, is amazing. And that's really what this weekend was. It was was amazing because it's all focused around the fact that God is faithful. There it is. All right, so kids, I'm going to need your help pretty much my whole sermon because you saw how I was as Diver Dave. If we get any hint of that up here, like it's over, you might as well give the mic to somebody else. So I'm going to need your help. So anytime I say God is faithful, all right, that, that was pretty good, but I saw, I heard it a lot louder this weekend. So I'm going to try it again. God is faithful. All right, so this is the one thing you're allowed to say the whole time I'm up here. You're actually going to get to talk while I'm, while I'm preaching. But when I say God is faithful, you can do that every single time. Um, God is faithful, and that was the theme this weekend. That's what. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, uh, that was the the theme this week, and we just wanted every uh, every kid and every student that was here too uh, to know the faithfulness of God. Ooh, tricked you. Um, just flip those words, and we're good. Um, and so, and, and that's what the whole, the whole weekend was about. And so we're going to continue to talk about that. Uh, we're in a series called One. How fitting that uh, we can be anchored to the one, Jesus. We can have all of our hopes in Jesus. And so, um, you know, when we talk about God's faithfulness, I'll be honest, like that's something that I've struggled with for a long time. Like the fact that, you know, sometimes I get, you know, I get my mind mixed up. I think that there's other ways out there, that there's other things that I can look at and point at and say that, okay, I can put my trust in this or I can put my trust in that. Um, And so this morning, as we talk about this, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's take this time to really dig into our hearts and say, okay, do I really believe that God is faithful? Do I really understand what that means? Um, Sometimes we can view God's faithfulness 
through the lens of our own expectations. We can view God's faithfulness through the lens of our own expectations. We can expect that, that God, you're supposed to do this in my life. I'm supposed to get this job. I know it. I know this is the job I'm supposed to have. I know that I'm supposed to marry this person. Or I need, I, I know for a fact that God, there's no way that you're not letting my business come back. My business went down during COVID, but hey, I, I know you want, what you want for me is for this business to come back. You want me to be successful. You want me to be all these different things. And we put our own expectations on something that really isn't about God. Because when we, when we look at our expectations in this way, when, when we're not really focused on God's faithfulness, <laughs> we're not really focused on that, that God is faithful, we begin to misunderstand what God is really doing in our lives. So we need to flip that statement. Instead of viewing God's faithfulness through the lens of our own expectations, we need to view our expectations through the lens of God's faithfulness. And when you make this change in your life, when you begin to look at the faithfulness of God in a way that's, you know, when we look at our own expectations and say, okay, God, you've already done it. Like everything that we have in our life that we can put our hope and trust in, you've already done. We can view it as God's got to do all these different things. He's already done them when he sent his son in Jesus. And so this morning we're going to read um, from John 14. And I just want to talk through um, some of these promises that, that God's made in just these, uh, just these verses here. So uh, in John 14, starting in verse 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. That were not so, what I have told you, that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then Thomas pipes in. And Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Okay, I know that was a lot. But I want to focus on the three promises Jesus says right at the beginning. Jesus says that he is the way. And that's when Thomas was like, right before that, Thomas was like, what are you talking about? Like, how am I supposed to follow you? I don't even know which way you're going. I have no clue where you're going. You could be going to this place or this place. I how do I follow you? And Jesus says, I am the way. 
And that's the first promise. I am the way. Jesus is the way. You know, we sing about these words all the time, but I don't know if we really understand what it means. You know, we sing the, um, let's talk about sing Waymaker. We, we talk about Jesus being the way, and we look at it, but we're looking at it again through the lens of our own expectations. When Jesus says he is the way, and Thomas is like, okay, what are you talking about? The reason Thomas felt that way is because he had this temporal, temporal idea of what the kingdom of God is. He thought it was going to be something on earth. He thought Jesus was coming, and he was going to come up and rise up as some ruler here just on earth in some kind of kingdom. And so when he asked Jesus, where's the way? I don't know where you're going. He's picturing some kind of kingdom that's going to eventually perish here on earth. And sometimes we do the same thing, right? We look at the things going on in our life and say, Jesus, why aren't, why aren't you helping me with this? Because, well, it's, it's something that's, that, that's not permanent. Our hope is in something that's not temporary. It's in something that goes far beyond just what we can see with our eyes here on earth. And sometimes we can even view the church that way. We can view as like, like we just finished building this next-gen uh, building, which honestly was a blessing. Like, and to do it before kids' weekend, oh my goodness. It's like the best, the best blessing we could have had for this weekend. So it seems. But one day that, that structure is going to fall. This structure is going to fall. But what will never fall is the kingdom of God. Regardless of what situation we have in our life, whether it's an illness that we have, whether it's, you know, some kind of relational problems or whatever, we have a current and present and future hope in Jesus as the way. The second thing Jesus says is he says he's the way. Then he says, I am the truth. So the truth is, uh, that, that's a hard one for me um, to really, under, you know, really understand what that means. Uh, I hear a lot of people now um, say things like, speak your truth, or I'm going to follow, like, live your truth. And um, really everything that's going on in your life is your truth. I just want to go ahead and say, tell you right now, that is completely false. That is a lie. There is no such thing as your truth. There's only such thing as the truth. And the truth can only be found in Jesus. And so, okay, what do I mean by the truth? So humans are bound to interpret, interpret things based on our own biases, by the, our own lenses that we view our life through, through our own experiences and things like that. And, uh, and God sent his son Jesus who we can put all of our hope in and all of our trust in when it comes to how we view the world. And so uh, truth is opposed to figure and shadow. Truth is opposed to falsehood and error. The doctrine of Christ is true, and there is no more than the truth as it is in Jesus, because truth is opposed to fallacy and deceit. Truth is not tainted by the tricks of the enemy, because truth is found in Jesus. Uh, we, we actually, a uh, few probably a month ago now, talked about this with the students, that, you know, whatever lies you're hearing, like, anything that you're trying to really decide an opinion on, where where do you start? Where do you start to say, okay, this is something I actually should believe. This is actually something that's true. Well, we start in Scripture. And more specifically, we start with what Jesus has said to us. Things like, 
Love your neighbor. Love God. Things like he is the way, the truth, and the life. Things that Jesus has said. And then we align our views. When we align our views with Scripture, when we align our views with what Jesus taught us, we're going to live the truth. And we can forget about any idea of your truth or your opinions or your focus and align yourself with Christ. Jesus goes on to say, he goes on to say Jesus is the life. Uh, And I'm going to read a quick scripture. This is John um, 3, and I'm going to read verses, starting in verse 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at what I'm saying. You must be born again. Okay, it's kind of a weird thing for Jesus to say. Um. But our life as we know it before Christ, and if you're a Christian in this room, you know this because you've experienced it. When you begin to follow Christ, it really is like, who was that person that I just that I was before? Like, your alignment shifts, and your whole focus is to live a life in worship of God. And yes, you may stray from that. Yes, you may go away from that. But Jesus is who we focus our life on. We don't come into this. Uh, room to to have fun and and everything just for our own being, our own well-being, and just to make us feel good. We don't worship because we get chills or anything like that. We do all that out of a focus of the fact that we're worshiping God. And when we align ourselves with that, when we're born again, as weird as that might sound, what it's really saying is my old life is gone and my new life is here. And I can focus all of my life on worshiping God. And, uh, and <laughs> this is one of those things that until you really experience it, it's hard to explain. But uh, it, it's really where things like our testimony comes from. Things like, you know, the, the why behind what we do as a church is all focused in this worship of God. And when we have our view and our life aligned with God, we can begin to live our lives by faith. So we're talking uh, this whole time about how God is faithful. Ooh, how God is faithful. Awesome. And uh, because we know God is faithful, we, <laughs> we can live our life by faith. Um, God, God, is, God is faithful. And because he's faithful, we, can, we, we know that he sent us the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God with us, and it's the Holy Spirit is what leads us in our direction and the way that we're supposed to go. Um, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us that conviction. Um, and Jesus says, if you saw at the end of uh, chapter 14 in John, right after what I was reading, it talks about how Jesus is talking about how he's going to have somebody for them. The disciples are like, okay, 
Um, I know you're saying to follow the way, which is you. Kind of still confused about that. Um, I know you're saying all these things, and we're trying to understand uh, Jesus. But if you're leaving here, um, what are we supposed to do now? Well, the whole time Jesus is teaching up the disciples. He's teaching them to do exactly what he just did. To, um, to spread his name to the, all the ends of the earth. And so he says, go and do continue what I was doing. Continue spreading this information about who I am to the world. And so the only reason we're here meeting now is because they've listened to him. And he said, hey, I'm going to give you a uh, Holy Spirit to guide you. And so the disciples told their disciples. And then those disciples told other people that they raised up as disciples. And then those people told other people uh, about Jesus and raised them up as disciples. And so really, when, when we're here in church, the, the whole point of being here is, yes, to worship God. But out of that worship of God, we begin, we have a duty to make more disciples. And so we have to live by faith to do that. Uh, there's a whole um, chapter in Hebrews. Uh, this is just a side note, my favorite uh, chapter in the entire Bible, where it's talking about living by faith. It's talking about what faith is and what it means when we begin to live by faith. And it looks at all these different people in the Old Testament that because they lived by faith, certain things happened. Um, so starting uh, Hebrews 11, um, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen and, uh, was not made out of what was invisible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offer, offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from his life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him on the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. What would it begin to look like if we as Christians lived by faith? Where instead of, you know, saying, hey, I'm a Christian, I go to church, you know, here and there, and you know, I, I like what they're doing. It's a good moral compass, but that's about it. What if our perspective changed and we were like, okay, by faith, you know, I'm going to lead my family in, in, in to Christ. By faith, instead of 
you know, having the TV on or giving, you know, having devices in their hands or being on my phone the whole time I'm at home. You know, I'm going to talk to my kids and my spouse about God. We're going to make a plan to where, hey, our whole focus, it's not going to be on, you know, who our favorite sports team is or uh, what's, you know, what sport we're playing or what hobby we have or anything like that. But our whole focus is on God. You know, by faith, we can begin to do things that are unimaginable. By faith, we can begin to reach out into our community, pull them in to see who God really is. It's not just that, you know, this isn't something that, like, we're asked to do. We're actually told to do, to go make disciples. And in order to do that, really the only way to do that is to live by faith. Um, When we were doing communion earlier, um, and I wasn't going to talk about this because obviously it was just a few months ago, um, but something really spoke to me because, I, uh, you know, we're, we're rushing. It's been cr- kind of a crazy weekend. If any of you don't know what good sleep is, like hang out with 50 kids for two days and you're going to get a good night's sleep. And so uh, I woke up this morning. I'll be honest. I was pretty tired. I was like, man, I, it's gonna, one more day. We got this. Um, and so, you know, I forgot to grab my communion stuff as I was coming in, just not thinking about it. And uh, we're taking communion and. Uh, my my wife leans over to me and, and hands me half of hers, half of her wafer. And then when it came to take the juice, she gave me half of the juice. And I thought for a minute, wow, this is a picture of what it really means to be a Christian. We don't just hold on to Jesus for ourselves. We don't just come to church and say, you know, hey, this Jesus, yeah, it's great. He saved me. I'm good. Check that box. I'm, I'm a Christian now. I'm good. That, that's not what we're supposed to do. But instead, we're supposed to say, hey, this is the body of the Savior. He died for you. And by faith, I'm going to make sure that you know that. That, hey, this is the blood that was poured out for you. That, hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you believe. But I'm telling you, if you start believing in this Jesus, like your life is going to change. And the only way that happens is when we live by faith. When faith isn't just something that we, you know, tuck in our pocket, but faith is something that is really the deriving factor of our lives. It is the engine behind our, mo- behind our car, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's something that's driving everything we do. And when we do that, our purpose in life begins to be focused on Christ. So I need... Um, I've got a helper, Jaden. Can you come up here real quick? So I've got this massive anchor here. I was going to use the one on stage, but it looks so good that I just didn't want to take it down. So I've got this anchor. It's pretty heavy. You think you can hold that? Got it? Got it? Is it pretty heavy? Real heavy? Super duper heavy. Okay, awesome. All right, so imagine you just had to hold that just the the rest of the day. You're just going to have to hold that in your hands just like that. Okay. Sounds sounds awful. Yeah. Imagine having to do that for weeks. You can't ever let that go. Is that is that okay? No, no, not okay. You don't want to hold that? Okay, you can sit down. I don't want to Yeah, I know. You can have a seat. Thanks. He's <laughs> like, I'll hold it now. That's fine. No, you, you don't have to kick me off stage. Yeah. So sometimes our purpose begins like to feel like an anchor that's just always holding us down. Because we're so focused on the fact that, hey, 
All of the weight that I have in this world is all focused on this one purpose I'm supposed to have. This job I'm supposed to have, this career that, hey, that, that's what I'm holding on to. That, that's everything I've got right there. Like this anchor, that's, that's what I'm going to tie my dreams to, my career. My purpose is to be, you know, I, I don't know, the best accountant this side of the Mississippi. Like, I don't, I don't know. But we have all of our hopes and dreams tied to an anchor that really isn't what it's supposed to be. We, our purpose is tied to things of this world because we have not anchored our purpose in Christ. So when I first um, so got out of college, um, I went to college for ministry, but never really expected to do it full time. I expected to, you know, work one job and then, you know, be bivocational and work, work at a church as well. And uh, but when I first got out of college, all I was thinking about was, OK, what career can I do that will actually make some money? Because I got to have a place to stay. I got to be able to pay the bills. What can I do? And so I got a job that was, um, you know, what I viewed as not like not good. Like I was too good for that job. That's kind of how I felt. Like this wasn't something that was going to work for me. Um. And it was because I was like, man, there's got to be a purpose for me outside of just this job right here. Like, there's got to be something greater than this. All in the while, I'm doing ministry on the side. So I'm thinking, okay, this isn't good enough. This, this purpose isn't really what God wants for me. I'm just going to move along. And I began to realize that our purpose isn't tied to our career or our hobbies or even our kids. That's a hard one. It's not tied to our spouse. Our purpose isn't tied to obligations. Our purpose isn't tied to that side ministry that we do that maybe you're not really doing because you want to do. Our our whole purpose is to bring glory to God. Everything that we do, yes, it's okay to try to do good in your job. I'm not saying that. It's okay to want to increase in your career and everything like that. It's okay to want to build your kids up and raise your kids in a good way. Yes, we need all those things. But if our purpose isn't in Christ, it's all for nothing. And God clicked that switch in my head and said that, and I began to see that, hey, yeah, I'm not, I don't have the job that I want, maybe. Like, maybe I don't have the things that I want in this life that I feel like will make me feel important. But I've got God. I've got Jesus. And I know that God is faithful. And I know that no matter where God leads me, that when I'm anchored to God, He's going to pull me in that direction that I need to go. And, and He's carrying the weight. Like, I don't have to carry the weight of the anchor because he's got it. And so this whole weekend, it's been a blast. Kids, it's been awesome to see you worship. Students, it's been awesome to see you lead. But I want to tell you and I want to tell your parents that anchor your purpose to Christ. And nothing in this life is going to shake you. When the storm blows, you're still anchored to Christ. When your job, maybe you're fired from your job, 
Have you messed up? You didn't mean to mess up, but you did. Yeah, you got to do some things to try to get a new job, but your purpose is still there. Your purpose doesn't depend on anything except God. You know, I see a lot of students, they'll graduate and like, okay, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Am I going to go to college? Okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to study this. I'm going to study that. All right. And then that's what I'll do. That's what I'll be. God calls us to a lot of different things in our lives. One moment he's going to call you to this. One minute he's going to call you to this. And when we have our purpose focused on Christ and anchored to Christ, really what we're saying is, God, I'm open to it. God, whatever you're going to do in my life, I'm open to it. Use me, because I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here to worship you. And so I just want to leave you with that. Don't let the things that, like, cut, cut the anchor to all the things in your life that are not God. Cut it off. Throw it away. It's not worth it. And God is going to continue to be faithful to you. He's promised us. We have that hope in Jesus. God, we thank you for what you've done this week. And God, we thank you for for giving us something we can put our faith in. God, all the things that we do in this life, we know need to be focused on you. God, help remind us of that. Help us know that whatever happens, we're good. We're good. Because our purpose is focused in you. God, I pray for the houses and and the families that are here. God, I pray that they can, that they realize that, hey, we've got to, we've got to make, We've got to make some changes because our focus, our primary focus isn't you, God. I pray that you speak into those families that need to hear that. God, and give us the courage to live by faith. Because we know that you are always faithful to us. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening in today. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. To connect with us about what your next step with Jesus might be, or even if you need help figuring that out, you can text the keyword FATHOM to 97000 anytime and follow the prompts. You can also go ahead and type in the search bar of your podcast app, fathom beyond sunday and there you'll find our new podcast you'll be able to listen in on some really great conversations just taking the truth of god's word from our sunday sermon a step further talking about how we can apply these truths to our everyday lives between monday and saturday not just on sunday we love you we're praying for you and we hope you'll tune in again soon